Good afternoon, everyone. Praise the Lord. It's yet another pleasure for me to join you this afternoon in fellowship as we begin to wind down our season of seeking God in prayer and in fasting. This is, I think, the 34th day. Yes. Uh, we thank God so much for, for the help he has been to us and uh, the guidance that he constantly gives us in helping us learn to seek his face. As I meditated on this theme, exercising dominion through or by the power of the Holy Spirit, drawing from the scriptural uh, verse that's given to us in Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 10, which you will read, I believe you have read in your free time. Looking at the experiences and the demonstration of the power of the Spirit through apostles Peter and John, I began to ask myself in our day, do we see such demonstration of the power of the Spirit as we live our Christian lives? And look, this was not in church. It was on the street. It was at a certain gate called Beautiful. You could say that there are so many of these kinds of people on our streets. You know, the challenge to you as well as to myself is in the kind of Christianity that we purport to have, which seems to be centered around professions, but the demonstration of the power of the Spirit is really lacking. It is a huge, huge, huge challenge, especially for us preachers. <laughs> Reverend, I'm sure <laughs> as you read these scriptures, you can see how lacking we are because the needy, the sick, the lame, the poor, the demon-possessed are all around us. The question is, why don't we demonstrate this level of dominion power over afflictions on peoples, in persons, afflictions, enslavements, disease, demonic possessions, and all these things that require a demonstration of the power of the Spirit. Have you ever asked yourself those questions? Brethren, we go to church, we pray and fast. Sunday in, Sunday out, midweek service, overnight prayers, all these activities, wouldn't they in any way, result into at least some manifestation or demonstration of the working 
of the Spirit of God in and through us? Or do we just assume that the Spirit is working even when we don't see the tangible results, the tangible manifestations of them? Can we just assume that he is working? Listen, I have read these scriptures time and again. And that is a question that constantly lingers in my heart. Is there a difference between my Christianity or my faith in God now than the faith of the apostles who lived in the book of Acts? Is there a difference? Or did they seek God better than us? Please talk to me. The apostles, did they seek God better than us? Or are there other Bibles they read that we have not yet seen? Or has the Holy Spirit changed? The one that filled them in Acts chapter 3, actually, uh, rather Acts chapter 2, has he, is he different from the one who fills us today or the one we claim to have been filled by today? There are lots of questions that we might not have answers to now, but we must ask them because our Christianity evidently is wanting. We must ask these questions and I hope and pray that when we are seeking God in fasting and prayer like this. These are some of the things that should be provoking our spirits and saying, Lord, but how comes? What has changed? But from the scriptures, God doesn't change. No. What has changed? Time? Okay, time could have changed. The Holy Spirit also doesn't change. What has changed? God's word? No. His word does not change. So where is the variable? What is the change? What has changed? It is either you and me. Actually, it's only us. So the challenge is myself. The challenge is myself. Is there something that I must learn to do? Is there something that I need to understand so that the Holy Spirit can work in me? Is there something that I need to get rid of so that the manifestation of the power of the Spirit begins to be evident? Can we, can we list those things? Can we name them? From me, not any other person. Me, 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 me. From you. Not any other person. Are there things that you think could possibly be the causes or reasons why the Holy Spirit does not manifest himself the way he used to in the book of Acts, in you, in me? Are there things? I have found many things, brethren, in my life. We attend church right now more than ever before. We are bigger in numbers in church more than ever before. Uh, in this account, there were only 3,000 who got saved, isn't it? In the account of chapter 2, 
Only 3,000 gave their lives to the Lord. Okay, assume there were two other thousand. Okay, three other thousands there. They also added to those numbers. Assume there are about 6,000 if you, you know, really wild assumptions. 6,000. That is not even the population of All Saints Church. Reverend, are we not close to 10,000 or plus? Uh-huh. So, so imagine that is just, that is assuming there were other 3,000. Now, that assumption is wild. That is not yet even the population of All Saints Church. In terms of numbers, we are many. The question is the quality of the many. Even if I stopped sharing what I wanted to share here, at least you go back with those questions. Why are we so many in church? And yet, the manifestation of the Spirit is, is questionable. Please, leave alone this excitement we have when we gather together, we dance, and you feel, you feel God, and you get slain here and there. That is, any, any, anyone can dramatize that one. Anyone can dramatize that. I'm talking about the demonstration out there. Go to the city square, go to the Kampala Road, you know, to those roundabouts where you find mad lunatics and all these kinds of people. Sometimes I walk down the street and I don't even want to look at these people because I feel I don't have what it takes yet. How many of you have courage to look at them? Peter and John told this crippled man, he said, look at me, look at me straight, and they stared at each other. How many of you look away when <laughs> one of those mad people look at you? How many of you look away? You want to look away? <laughs> you can't dare them to look at you. Say, look at me. Look, 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 look at me. And you're turning your eyes away. Let me share with you some thoughts and some principles I realized in the scripture that church walked away from church today. That is one of the reasons why we cannot demonstrate the power of the spirit. Sin, of course, sin is there. Sin is sin. We tolerate it in every shape and form and sizes and types, we categorize them, we classify them and find justifications for many of them. Sin. But how have we slidden down to that level of playing around and toying with sin? So that we are so defiled that the devils look at us and they're like, hmm, you? You? How many of you have been involved in active deliverance, casting out devils from somebody? Let me see your hands. Uh, Reverend, you're here. 
You see, even those hands are very scanty. If this hall was full and you asked, you could count the hands. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. In this whole congregation, you'd be very fortunate to find 20. How many people can this hall sit? Reverend, full to capacity. You're not sure? Close to a thousand plus. You'd be very fortunate to find 20 who would say, I have ever been involved in casting out demons or in healing the sick. <laughs> well, we can say, well, well, me, I'm not an apostle. Ah, uh ah. -uh. No, 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 no. Do you know the word apostle simply means a messenger? The sent. It has nothing to do with clout and big titles. No. The one who is sent or commissioned. Brethren, this is how I examine myself. And sometimes I get so harsh and hard on myself. Because there is yet a lot more than that just going to church, than just preaching, than just fasting, than just praying the way we've known how to pray. There is there has to be something more. And so from our theme, exercising dominion, I extracted two words, dominion and the Holy Spirit. On Wednesday, I highlighted a bit on power. I talked about power because we were looking at God's preserving power. And we concluded that the power of God is actually his word that preserves and saves and delivers and heals and restores and, and does whatever he chooses to do, including creation, his word, and sustaining creation. Now here we are looking at exercising dominion again by the power of the Holy Spirit. We also saw that the word of God is also the Holy Spirit because Jesus says the word I speak to you, they are life and spirit. So what we need to understand first is this thing called dominion. And I don't mean, you know, we, by virtue of starting a church, we call it dominion this international, dominion sanctuary, dominion this and the other. It does not mean we are exercising dominion. Or actually, I, I've, I've listened to messages on dominion. I have uh, read a few books on dominion. And, and dominion is one of those elusive subjects like purpose. Are you hearing me? We've talked about them, preach about them, write about them, do seminars on them, but they have eluded us. And I made my own conclusion. My own conclusion is for us to understand any working of God among mankind, we must put it through the kingdom system, God's kingdom system. Then we will understand and learn how it works. We must put it through God's kingdom system. And so, I went back to Genesis 
you know, this is how I study scriptures. There are many questions I ask, and I don't get answers immediately. But as I seek, I begin to realize there are things that have long been in God's mind or have been his intention from the beginning. If we can get what was in his mind from the beginning, it will solve our problems and many of our questions that we ask now and seek understanding of now if we can get what is in God's mind or what was in his mind from the beginning of creation. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Perhaps the most common scriptures we read that was the first mention of the making of mankind. It says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Please stop there. Do you have your Bible? Let me see your Bible. <laughs> My pastor tells me, the one in the phone is not Holy Bible. He <laughs> says, the hard copy is the Holy One. <laughs> of course, that's a joke. <laughs> let, let me see, you have them in your phones. Please open your Bible. One of the things I'm learning to discipline myself in is not to rush when I'm reading the Bible. Read, if possible, word for word and pay attention to the exclamations, to the, to the you know, punctuations. Pay attention. And if possible, get meanings of every word. Even if it is a they or the in the Bible, it may mean something else. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, the scripture is telling us here, God said, let us, who was he talking to? Certainly there was no human being to talk to. Was he talking to one of the angels? Now, when we read the scriptures, we realize, eh, but angels don't live in the realm where God is. God is way higher than all the angels. He's above all of them. So could he have discussed with them and said, now let us make man in our image. He's talking to the angels. I don't think so. The question is, who is God talking to? Talking to himself? Then he says, let us. Okay, we, we want to believe that God doesn't speak English. We want to assume that the translators... <laughs> Just put their own things in English. <laughs> but if, if they translated correctly, who was God talking to? He sought the opinion of somebody to make man. When we begin to understand the Bible from that sense, then you realize, ah, the Bible might actually not be a religious book. Actually, it is not a religious book. We are talking about creation. You're, you're making things. Who creates? 
God creates. Have you ever created anything as a human being? Have you ever created anything? At least just put up your hand. I want to see. You see, you're, you're few and you're scattered all over. I wish you all were occupying the first two pews here. So I could see your faces properly. Some of you are hidden behind the pillars. <laughs> have you ever created anything and you credit to yourself and say, I have created this one? Okay, we are not in class. Just, just, just keep the answer to yourself. But I'm sure you've created something. You've ever created something. You've ever made something. Is that a religious activity? Or a spiritual activity as we want to refer to spirituality? No. Before God instructed me to take another course in line with my career, I was in IT and in information technology and communication there, you create so many things. We create so many things. Some of them are disastrous. <laughs> Some of them are good. <laughs> We create so many things. That is not a religious activity. So don't you tell me that when God was creating, he was considering church as we know today. He was considering that uh, one day there is going to be reverend in church and Brother Nero is going to be preaching in church. I am not sure about that. So he said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Let us give man our image. Let us give him our likeness. Let them look like us. Let them have our character. Let them have our ways. Let them have even our spirit. Why? Why? The reason is there. So that they can dominate. So that they can have dominion. You say exercising dominion. Say exercising dominion. The only reason why God made you and me is for that. It is not to come to church. It is not to pray. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's not even to read the Bible, by the way. I've told people, prayer coming to church, reading the Bible, and all these other things, fasting, they are all part of God's disaster recovery mechanism. I told you I used to deal in IT. Disaster recovery is critical in practice of information technology because things might go wrong. Things are going to go wrong at one point. You must have a plan to recover. When you recover, then what? Go back to doing what you used to do. Okay. If coming to church is part of the recovery, come to church, read the Bible, pray, fast, seek God with the intention of learning how to exercise dominion where? Outside here. 
outside here. And look at what the scripture says. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the heavens and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. God spells out a domain. You say domain. A domain. So, the word dominion is actually exercising governance, control, authority over a territory. Exercising control, bringing governance, authority over a territory. And it is from the word domain that you find a person who has power over a territory. Exercises control over a territory. Rules over a territory. is called a king. And that territory plus himself makes kingdom. A king and his domain, a king and his dominion, a king and the area, the territory that he has influence and control over. Look at that. God said, let us make man and let them have dominion over what? He defines the territory where it is the earth, the seas, even the air. Have you realized that the military structuring of nations are actually in those three areas. The land forces, the marine, and the air force. Finished. And your strength is determined by which domain you are most equipped to handle. Are you following me? The strength of a nation. One of the reasons why certain nations are called superpowers and others are not Super, they, it means above. They are over the, the rest. One characteristic of those superpowers is that they have very high-tech equipment for air battles, air force. They can hit you thousands of miles away and they have not moved an inch. They can send a plane from here and it goes to, um, I had this, this, a former general in U.S. Army. He said, it is amazing what technology has done. He says, I wake up in the morning, I drop my children to school, I go to office, get on the cockpit, fly my jet, go and bomb Iraq, come back, pack the jet, drive the car, go and pick my child from school in the evening at five and take them back home. <laughs> I had that from, <laughs> from, from, from a soldier. He flies from America and comes to Mideast, bombs and goes back. We're talking about dominion or exercising influence 
super power. So God's intention is here. Make man in our image, let them have dominion. In other words, we have created the earth, we have put all the infrastructure in place. Those are verses uh, from one. He put all the infrastructure in place. Then he said, now on this last day, the sixth day, and the final thing we are going to make is the one who is going to be in charge of all our infrastructure on the earth. In other words, God's intention was that man would be a colonial agent of the kingdom of heaven on the earth. Can I say that again? His intention was that we would be colonial agents of heaven here on earth. Some of you remember the colonialists. Do you realize that democracy don't colonize? Democracies don't. It is kingdoms that colonize. Once upon a time, in the 19th century, some of those kingdoms, Spain, France, Germany, Britain, Portugal, sat at table and they decided to divide this massive chunk of land called Africa. Huh? Divide it among themselves. Say you, France, take that one. England, take the other one. We happen to fall in England's uh, lot. And do you know what they did? They decided that uh, we don't need to come here. They don't need to come here. They, they sent companies. <laughs> Company limited by shares. And so we are under Imperial British East African Company Limited. How many of you remember a little bit of that history? Good. So all of you, all of us, and our land, and our resources, we were company property. Who was this company working for? <laughs> it was working for a kingdom. Many of us have organizations, companies we work with. If it is yours, let me ask you, is that working? for the kingdom of God? Because that's how we exercise dominion. And you look at what God says, have control or dominion over the powers, sorry, over the birds of the air, the fishes of the sea, the beasts of the field. Now, as you read the Bible, birds of the air, fishes of the sea, Beasts of the field are there physically. But there are satanic powers which are referred to as birds of the air. There are satanic powers which are referred to as fishes of the sea. Have you ever read about Leviathan? There are satanic powers that are referred to as beasts. At least that one you remember in the book of Revelation. Actually, beasts has everything to do with control and governance. But with many heads, a beast is a creature with, <laughs> with many heads. 
I began to realize that we have not yet learned properly how to exercise dominion. Because right from the beginning, we got it wrong. So wrong that the work that I do, the work that you do, wherever you are doing it, we do it with this laxity, with this casualness, with this sense of, you know, I'm just working for money, you know, to make ends meet. Whereas God is expecting that his kingdom be extended. God is expecting that those places that we are in should become part of his colonies. Now, and, and interestingly, that is what Jesus labored to teach. In the three years of his ministry, you go through scripture, you realize teachings that Jesus gave, majorly in parables. He coded the message of the kingdom of heaven in so many parables. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. The kingdom of heaven is like a lost coin. The kingdom of heaven like ten virgins. The kingdom of heaven is like a master who has gone to a far country to receive a kingdom for himself. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like a man gone sowing seeds in the field. And some fell on fertile ground, others on thorny bushes, others on the wayside, others on the rocky surface. He kept talking about the kingdom. Even his disciples did not understand. Severally, they asked him, Lord, what do these things mean? And he also got frustrated with them sometimes and said, but how long am I going to put up with you, you people? Sometimes he would explain to them. Kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. Please read the other scriptures I have about seven more minutes. I'm ending at two, right? All right, let me highlight for us scriptures that you record, you record them for your own reading. From this word dominion in Genesis 1 and verse 26, and also in verse 28, I realize there are many other references of this in the scriptures. And I began to make my own conclusion about the Bible. It is actually a kingdom document. It is not a religious book. It is a document that spells out the laws, the regulations, the statutes, the testimonies, the judgments, which are all kingdom related. Please read also Psalm 145, verse 13 tells us his dominion, God's dominion, is everlasting. 
It is from one generation to the other. Daniel chapter 4 verses 3. Daniel 4 verse 3 and then verse 34. Also talks about God's dominion from one generation to another. And by the way, Daniel chapter 4 is, I call it the gospel according to Nebuchadnezzar. A wicked Gentile king, but he converted because God dealt with him according to kingdom patterns. And he changed and realized that, ah, the God of heaven actually rules in the affairs of man and he determines everything that happens. And so he sees his kingdom is from one generation to another after his conversion. Nebuchadnezzar, who had enslaved God's people, <laughs> and then God converts him. When he's a, the chief slave master, God converts him. Hallelujah. Please read also chapter 7, verse, verses 14, that spells out matters of the kingdom of God. Romans chapter 6, verses 9 and verse 14. Please just record these scriptures. Jude 1. Okay, Jude, verse 25. Jude has only one chapter. Verse 25. Revelation, chapter 1, verse 6. So, looking at all these scriptures, I read through them. We realize that dominion has everything to do with law and order. It has everything to do with judgment. It has everything to do with authority. It is exercising sovereignty over a territory. It is bringing a territory under governance. Under governance. Now, interestingly, in Latin, the word Jesus used, sorry, in Greek, the word Jesus used to refer to church in Matthew chapter 16, verses 18 and 19, he told Peter, he told Simon, not Peter, <laughs> he told Simon, son of Jonah, this very Simon this very Simon, this Simon Peter, who is doing, exercising this dominion of healing the sick. Jesus told him, he said, Simon, Simon, flesh and blood has not revealed me to you, but my father, which is in heaven. Now, the word father in Hebrew is Abba, which means source and sustenance. The source of me, my source, the source of the understanding or revelation you've got is from the source of all things, my father. And then he said, blessed are you, Simon. Now you are Peter. It's Jesus who named Simon Peter, isn't it? Reverend, I hope my theology is correct. It is Jesus who named him Peter. Now, when you read the Bible, you realize... Um, Naming conventions in the Bible are not the way we name ourselves today. There are very few people who had two names. And if they did, it was underscored. 
You don't find Abraham somebody. Abraham is Abraham. Jacob is Jacob. Joshua is Joshua. David is David. Isaiah is Isaiah. You don't find two names. Now, those are some of kingdom principles that we also have to question. Why am I called Francis? But, but the one I'm born with is Nero. Eh? That is the one that identifies me with a certain people. Okay? If I told you I'm Nero, you can easily place me in this country. But if I said Francis, uh, where do you place me? You can't. If you say you're David, we can't place you anywhere. Certainly you're not a Jew. <laughs> but a Muganda called with a Jewish name. And actually called with a Latin name. A lot of confusion there. We don't have time to, 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 to debunk some of these confusions. But we are talking about kingdom. Kingdom has to do with identity. You might be in this land. This cathedral is in the territory of Buganda Kingdom, isn't it? It is in the territory of Buganda Kingdom. You may not, you're not even part of the kingdom of Buganda, but you're in the territory. And to be part of a kingdom so that you can exercise the kingdom mandate, you must be born in the kingdom. Can I say that again? You must be born in the kingdom. Kingdom affairs is a bloodline matter. It is not association. It is not membership. And it is in that bloodline that one derives authority to stand and say, I am a Muganda. Please forgive my Luganda. It's very bad. So if, if, I, if I mispronounced it, bear with me. You know, I am a Muganda. I, I adhere to the norms, the cultural norms of Buganda. These are our ways. The Buganda. I am an Acholi. We have our norms. The things that identify us. question is are we in the kingdom of God or are we or are we in the territory but just trying to associate ourselves with the kingdom we can associate and be within the territory but never demonstrate the power of that kingdom. The disciples had their experience with Jesus, who we know as the king of kings. But in their time, he was a normal human being, walking on foot, not even having a single roomed house. Have you read that scripture? <laughs> A king who has not even a single-roomed house. He just slept from one house to another. He was, you know. They had their experiences with Jesus. And as he talked about the kingdom, he taught on the kingdom. Still, they did not understand. Until, until, 
in Acts chapter 2. Now, this portion of scripture, I will read Acts chapter 1. Let me read Acts chapter 1 from verse 1. As I begin to conclude. I'll read verses 1 to 8. It says, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he threw the Holy Spirit, please not, we're talking about exercising dominion by the Holy Spirit. After all that he had done through the Holy Ghost, he had given commandments and to the apostles whom he had chosen. By the Holy Spirit, he gave commandments. He gave commandments. In your free time, please, go back to the last chapter of John. Okay? He talked about the Holy Spirit coming. In fact, in chapter, I think it was 16, where he said, I am going away, but I will not leave you as orphans. Chapter 14, sorry. I will not leave you as orphans. Do you know who an orphan is? Brethren, do you know who an orphan is? By definition, an orphan is a person without a father. That is it. They can have a mother, but they are orphans. Because the word father means source and sustenance. Abba. So if you don't have your source and sustenance, you're orphaned, you're separated from the father. That is the word Jesus used. He said, I am not going to leave you orphans. Do you remember also that once he was asked, Lord, you've been talking to us about the Father. Show us the Father. He told his disciples, look at me. Look at me. Have you seen me? But yes. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because I and the Father are one. That is what he said. So now he's going away. It is as if the Father is going away. From these guys, he had been supplying life and encouragement and strength to do the things they were doing. So he says, don't worry, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I will send you another in my place. Another in my place. Help meet a suitable helper. The Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I will send you the Holy Spirit. Suitable help. In Greek, that word is paraclete, which means the one that comes alongside you. He will walk alongside you. He will help you. He will help your understanding of things present and also things to come. He will teach you all truth. He's going to remind you of even things you had forgotten. I will send him. To be your help. Do you know that that's the same word used to refer to Eve in Genesis chapter 1? 
Sorry, 2 verse 17. Said God saw that there was nothing suitable for man, so he made a suitable helper. That very word is the very same word used to refer to the Holy Spirit. Helper. Can we begin to plead with the Holy Spirit to help us in every affair of our lives? Because that is what he is. That is who he is. When I'm confused and wondering what life is all about, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. When I'm pressed down. Almost giving up. Holy Spirit, help me. Walk along with me. Walk alongside with me. Walk alongside me. So Jesus gave commandments by the Spirit. Verse 3. To whom also he showed himself, to the apostles, he showed himself uh, alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Here it is. Speaking concerning the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. There it is. To exercise dominion, we need the spirit of the kingdom to come upon us. We need the spirit of the kingdom to come upon us. And verse 6 says, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now you can imagine, even up to this point, they were still clueless about the kingdom. <laughs> they were still clueless. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power. I love this one. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost ends of the earth. You will receive power. And the power works through the spirit of the kingdom. So as we seek God, as we fast, as we continue to listen to God, can we pray and ask that the Lord will fill us with his spirit. 
Not strange spirits that are purported to be the Holy Spirit, but does not bring demonstrations of the power outside there. Let's bow our heads and pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you so much because you have shown us your love. As a father loves his children, corrects them, teaches them, chastises them, guides them, disciplines them, we submit ourselves to your loving chastisement, to your loving correction, to your loving teaching, to your loving reproof, to your loving training, O oh Lord, that we might be indeed children of the kingdom who will exercise dominion by your spirit. We submit ourselves to you and pray that you will help us by the Holy Spirit. Help us understand the working of your kingdom here on the earth because we see that from the beginning you desired that the earth be a colony of heaven. And as you spoke, Lord Jesus, to Peter, you said, on you, the rock, I will build my ecclesia. I will build my governing council. To bring the influence of the kingdom of God on the earth. Lord, we pray that you send us help by the Holy Spirit, that we will begin to see and demonstrate the kingdom of God here on the earth. You taught us how to pray. And the first line of petition is that your kingdom should come. Lord, we have said these prayers so religiously, but we have not understood how the kingdom works here on the earth. We pray that you will cause your light to shine upon us. The light of the kingdom, Lord, to shine upon us by the Holy Spirit. So that as we pray, as we seek your face, indeed, your kingdom will come. Indeed, we will exercise dominion in the different spheres of influence you have placed us. We thank you, our Father, and bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Friends, we are going to be giving as I make a few remarks uh, so that we release those that have to go back to work. Uh, the rest of us, if we can be able to hold on for a moment, we'll be able to have a moment of prayer, especially if you need some prayer, some counseling, you can stay back and we'll be able to uh, trust the Lord to help us to share together. But we're also reminding ourselves of the night of glory, the physical overnight tonight from 9.30. Please plan to be part. And uh, because of that, we are going to release the teams. So the 3 p.m. watch 
we can be there as individuals, we can stay and pray, but we're not going to have uh, the teams around so that we prepare well for the overnight. So let's sing as we give and then we'll be able to continue in prayer. Blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the ancient of days. From every nation, all of creation, above before the ancient of days. A blessing and honor, a glory and power, a being to the ancient of days. Above for the ancient of days, every tongue, every tongue in heaven and earth shall declare your glory. Every knee shall bow at your throne, and worship you will be exalted, O God. ancient of days, we thank you that you are exalted, you are high above the heavens, you fill the universe. We thank you that you are present with us here. Thank you for your word that has come to us. We thank you for your servant. We pray that you continue to minister to him and minister to all of us as we chew on this word. Lord, your word is life, your word is light, your word is powerful, your word is spirit. Help us by the power of your Holy Spirit. I will be able to understand exactly the mandate that you've given us so that we can be able to exercise it. Lord, even as we've been challenged, I pray that you continue to reveal yourself more. You continue to challenge us more that, Father, we shall use your mandate wisely and carefully and the way you expect. We thank you for the gifts that have been brought. We pray that you bless them, that it will be used for the expansion of your kingdom. And Lord, continue to minister to each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. A few things that we will highlight as we conclude in prayer is that from the many questions that we ask ourselves and the brother asked us, why is the power of God no longer manifested in our time just as it was in the acts of the apostles in the early church and one of those is sin the hypocrisy the pretense we lift up holy hands but deep inside us there is a lot of unholiness there is a lot of evil may we respond as we ask the Lord to reveal, is there any sin in us? Is there any evil in us? Is there anything that he will hold against us that will be limiting his power, limiting us 
to utilize his power as kingdom people. Let's just ask the Lord to forgive us. We ask him to forgive us as individuals. He forgives us as a body of Christ, as a church. Where have we gone wrong? Are there quarrels among the stars? And after quarreling, after some gossip and slander, we stand before people and we expect God to do miracles. Are there areas where we have coveted, where we have lusted, where we have told lies, where we have taken people's property or things without permission? We have exploited people and we expect God to demonstrate his power. Let each one of us just ask God for mercy. We ask God for forgiveness, for he says he's faithful and just to forgive those who sincerely repent of their sins. He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And from now on, as the Spirit continues to convict us, may we purpose to be repentant. May we purpose not to familiarize God, to think, oh, as he did it the other day, he'll do today. May every moment be a new encounter, a new experience for us so that we may know God more. We may choose to be holy as he is because that's what he commands us to be. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the challenge that you bring to us. That we cannot see you when we are sinful, that you do not listen to sinners. That is what your word tells us, O oh God. I pray that indeed you'll help us, help us to be honest with ourselves and honest with one another, that we shall put right with you and with others. Lord, that will go back to the true principles of your word. Lord, as we know, Sapphira and Ananias, when they lied about how much they had sold their land, you struck them dead. Lord, there are many who did evil in the Old Testament, and you opened the earth, the ground, and swallowed them alive. Lord, we are sorry that we have pretended before you much as we are in the dispensation of grace, the Bible tells us, should we continue to sin so that grace may abound? Lord, I ask that you'll have mercy upon us, that we'll choose to be genuine, O oh God, that we'll choose to speak the truth in love, that we'll choose to put right with you and with others, that we shall walk in holiness. Lord, we are sorry. Wretched as we are, Sometimes we pretend we do not even seek your forgiveness and we think it's well and that all will go well. Forgive us, O Lord, and wash us clean by the blood of Jesus. That we will be sanctified, that even as we stand before your people, as we stand to do your will, O King of glory, we shall see the demonstration of your power. 
Lord, for some who are not yet born again, we pray in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit will convict them of sin, of righteousness and judgment. Yes, we cannot be in your kingdom unless we are born again, born in that kingdom. Yes, kingdom dominion is not transferable. It is not just appointed, but it is an inheritance of those who are born in the kingdom. Lord, we pray that you'll help us to be true citizens of your kingdom, true members, O oh Lord God, of your kingdom. Lord, I pray for brothers and sisters who may be here, who may be online, who are not yet born again, that, Lord, you convict them. For our brothers and sisters, for our members in the families, O oh Lord, the people that we work with, O oh Lord, the people in this church, Lord, who are not yet kingdom people, we pray in the name of Jesus that you draw them to yourself. We choose to exalt you, Lord, so that you can draw them to yourself. The Lord, you remind them, like you told Nicodemus, that unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, live alone being in it. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you help us, Lord, to be members of your kingdom. We pray for salvation. We pray for conviction, O God. There are many of our members, many of our friends, many of our relatives who are not yet members of your kingdom. Father, have mercy. Have mercy, Lord, and release your people. We pray, King of glory, that you'll also help us that we'll be the right kind of people, quality Christians who are consistent in prayer, consistent in unity. Yourself, Lord Jesus, prayed that they may be one, that the believers may be one. Father, forgive us where we have been disunited, where we have had divisions among us, where we have segregated, where we have excluded others. We pray in the name of Jesus that you'll have mercy on us, O Lord, and help us to be effective Christians. And friends, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Emptiness causes us to play games, causes us to dramatize. But may we choose that God will continually fill us. May we desire that he will fill us like Jesus promised in Acts 1.8, that when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, then you'll be my witnesses. May we ask the Lord to fill us again. I know that when we are born again, we are filled with the Spirit of God. But may we ask for filling on top of the indwelling Holy Spirit in us, that the Lord will fill us, will empower us, that we can do his work, that as we minister, as we speak his word, signs, wonders, and miracles will accompany his word as he promised. Lord, we ask that you take over indeed from us. May you fill us afresh, fill us afresh. Lord, fill us afresh with the many challenges around us, that even within us, O oh Lord, there are many people with issues that sometimes we cannot be able to address because we are empty. We pray that you fill us, O oh God. Lord, there are people on the streets, there are people around us with many needs. And yet, Lord, we are the feet, we are the hands, we are the mouth that you would want to use. I pray, Father, that you will help us to empty ourselves of everything that is not of you and fill us with yourself, fill us your spirit so that we can do that which you have caused us to do. And so, Lord, even as we 
conclude our time together this afternoon, we commend ourselves to you. That help us to understand your dominion mandate over us, O oh God. Yes, your dominion in the waters, the dominion that you've given us in the water, the dominion you've given us over the land, the dominion you've given us in the air. Lord, we know that there are forces of evil that operate even in this arena, in these spheres, O oh God. We pray that, Lord, you have given us power. You will help us to uproot, tear down, destroy, and overthrow all powers that are in the water, the powers that are on the land, and the powers that are in the air. Lord, we pull down every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of Christ. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you take your supremacy. You take your dominion over us, even as we exercise that which you have shared with us, as you created us in your power, you created us in your image, you created us in your likeness. Help us, O oh Lord, that from now henceforth, we will not be the same with this kind of sharing, with this kind of revelation and reminder. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name we pray. And Lord, continue to be exalted in all that we say and do. Bless us that as we go out, we'll continue to be your effective witnesses. That yes, Lord, whatever we do, whatever we say and think, shall be that that represents your kingdom because we are kingdom people. The Lord will choose to return to you. We will choose to surrender everything to you. Lord, as we return on our desks, we pray that you continue to empower us, continue to minister to us, O King of glory. As we prepare for the overnight, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you prepare us, prepare the ministers, O Lord, prepare the members that are going to participate that indeed we shall see the demonstration of your power. Wherever ministry is happening, King of glory, let there be a demonstration of your power. Continue to fill us, O King of glory. Continue to release us in that anointing, in that power, that all yokes in our lives shall be broken. And Lord, even for this that has been given for your work, Lord God, bless it, bless us, and bless everyone else, O Lord, even those that are not able to give because they do not have that you provide employment, provide sources of income so they can be able to receive and give back for your work, O King of Glory. Sanctify this, O Lord, and sanctify us, O Lord. And may your blessings, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the blessings that make rich and add no sorrow, be with each one of us and remain with us all, now and forevermore. Brethren, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen.